Welcome to Dubai Eye 103.8. It is Nightline. Emma Brain sitting in for James Pike away for one more day. He will be back next week. It is the DIY hour and in the studio, as always, Colin and Dan from We Will Fix It. Evening, gents. How are you doing? Very well. Good evening. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm up for it tonight. <laughs> are we awake now? <laughs> yes, I think we're there, aren't we? <laughs> Got the yawns out of the way. <laughs> getting there, getting there just a little bit. Have you guys had anything interesting going on this week? What's been going on? We were in court this morning. Oh. So, yeah. That doesn't sound good, yeah, does it? doesn't sound a good thing. Good thing? Bad thing? It was to just to adjust some paperwork. Okay, there's been a change fine. in the RTA rules. We can't buy and sell vans, which is a big problem for us at the oh, moment. So we had to get some, uh, some changes to the article. So we got them there nice and early, and then our sponsor didn't turn up. Oh. Just what you need, isn't it? <laughs> Dragged out of bed, and next thing you know... We'll get, there. we'll get that. We'll get It is. Uh, if you've got any DIY questions this evening, you can, as always, get in touch. 423-1010 is the phone number 4001 on the SMS. Or you can use the Dubai iFree app, of course, to get in touch with all your questions tonight. But so first off, uh, let's, uh, what's going on temperature-wise there, Colin? It is, um, it's times of change. Mm. Can you believe it? Now, what the everybody would probably automatically assume is that when I mean times of change, it means that it's actually going up, which it is. Yeah. However, we always work against the historical average. And this week, it is quite a lot higher than the historical average. So it gives us kind of a relative idea. Everybody always says, don't they? Oh, it's so much hotter than last year. (laughs) Well, you're actually right, but you're only right until Saturday. And then for the rest of the month, it looks at the moment um, as if it's going to be a lot cooler. So up to six degrees cooler um, for the rest of the month, relatively speaking. So it could still be getting hotter, but it's compared to what it should be on average, it's up to six degrees less. Because I felt the humidity was starting to kick in a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit, but we haven't had any really... You know, it's, it hasn't felt wet now, wet, humid for an extended period of time mm. yet, which is when yeah, when it really feels nasty, particularly if it's your first summer in, in Dubai. But yeah, as Colin said, for 24 days this month, it's below the historical average, and the high of this uh, yeah, corresponding days is, is a lot lower than last year, which we don't know whether that's just uh, an anomaly or whether it's a cloud <laughs> seeding or... After we'll Maybe to- people aren't using their CFCs anymore. Maybe that's it. Maybe. No. No, I doubt no. it. I know it's, it's starting to get there because it's the last couple of weekends, really, where you can sit outside and uh, get eaten to death by mosquitoes. That was yeah. me at the weekend. And you need, need to be somewhere with a breeze at the moment to be sitting outside. Absolutely. It's not good at all, is it? Um, so what else have we got going on? Contracts. You want to have a t- little chat about contracts? Got, you know, I've got a real bee in my bonnet at the moment. And um, Dan and I are both members of the British Dads Dubai Facebook group. And all sorts comes up on there. Fantastic group, by the way, gents, if um, if that floats your boat. Um, but one of the things that was being discussed was about uh, annual maintenance contracts. Mm. And the discussion was over, oh, I need the, the cheapest annual maintenance contract that I could find, which is a perfectly natural scenario. Um, well, I had this conversation three months ago with my sister-in-law, who's also here in Dubai. Okay. Um, and it was actually before we'd launched our own um, essential maintenance. So it wasn't something I can actually help out with. Um, and she was in a position as a landlord where her tenant had insisted that they had an annual maintenance contract. So she went out to various companies and as you, you would in her position, she sent them through to me and said, well, you know, what do you know about these guys? And the answer was, I know absolutely nothing. I've never even heard of them. Oh dear. And if I haven't heard of them after 10 years, it's then... It's not a good thing, it, is it? It's not a good thing. So uh, so basically, in the end, um, because she, she decided that she wanted to go for that cost-effective, quote, 
uh, option. In fact, it was so little cover, I was, I was gobsmacked that she would even consider it. Um, but uh, I got a phone call actually on uh, Monday this week saying, uh, the company's gone. Oh, I was like, no. what do you mean the company's gone? Well, they're not answering my, uh, their phone calls. They're, um, none of the emails are, are going through. They're all bouncing back. Um, the, you know, the phone number doesn't work anymore. The, the absolute cast iron yeah. things are not looking, uh, not looking at all good there. Um, but this happens in maintenance so frequently. Um, and it's something that Dan and I have come across. In fact, we've been going now for 10 years, but we've since probably, what, year three onwards, I'd have thought, Dan, that um, every year we'd have a whole rash of new companies that would be um, come around. Yeah. And most of them have enough finance behind them that they'll take your money for the first year and they normally can get through kind of 12 months or so, but come 18 months, it's very rarely that these companies are able to get the necessary scale that you need yeah. um, to be able to make it work. So um, that is the be in my bonnet right now, which is if you're picking a contract, a couple of things that I want you to look at, which is first of all, um, if a company is new, they have no track record and they're asking you for a lot of money and you don't know whether you're going to get 12 months worth of um, contracts out of these companies. The second issue that I have is um, read the small print in the contract. Mm. It is horrendous. I mean, we um, when we were doing essential maintenance, we basically went around the entire market and um, uh, we got uh, the contracts through so that we could have a read of what people were um, were offering. And it's things like um, they will only come out outside of uh, normal work hours in the situation where every single AC has failed in your property. That's terrible. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So imagine that you are a family with uh, a small child in a cot, <sighs> and we are. So in that situation, you need to, um, it, it sounds very simple straight off the bat, which is you move the child. But try moving a baby in a cot when the cot doesn't fit through the door mm. and, you know, you don't have a travel cot and you desperately need your sleep when you are new, uh, <laughs> new parents, you know? It's it's just ridiculous. And they're not as mobile as you might imagine. Yeah. And especially, you know, there's properties like uh, a two-bed in the Springs, one AC upstairs. You've wiped out both bedrooms that you've got there. You yeah. only have the living room. Okay. I've had that. We've been sleeping downstairs on the living room floor there just to keep cool because they've all gone upstairs. Yeah, absolutely. But this in that situation, um, 90% of the people that we surveyed, which is a very large majority of the major players in Dubai, mm. will not come out. Well, Dan and I literally took one look at that and went, that's not what we stand for. That's not right. No. It's just not right. It's just taking advantage of people. It's hiding away, hiding away in the small print. And, and probably the customers, first, they don't read 12 pages of terms and conditions. But secondly, we don't don't understand that that's the, that's the level of cover they're getting. It's, it's, it's a disgrace, really. And say, you know, in the middle of the night, you have a burst pipe or something, water's pouring through the ceiling, and you find them, oh, sorry, we're not 24 hours. We'll come out in the morning at some point. Well, again, we, we looked into into that scenario. We, with plumbing, what, what companies were tending to do was say, okay, you've got a water leak, I'll send somebody out, and we'll come and isolate the water, but we're not going to do any work through the evening. So they come and look at it, yeah, it's leaking, put a bucket under it, switch the water off. But they're not d doing any work. So the next day, you've got no water eater in that room, you've got yeah. no water. The minute you switch the water back on, it's still leaking. They'll come out, then they'll quote. A week later, the job gets done. But we just said, this, this level of service isn't good enough. If we're going to do it, let's do it properly. 
properly. And yeah. a lot of the, the companies, like, I hate to say it, uh, the guys that are coming out aren't necessarily skilled at what they're doing no. either. So, you know, the golden rules of it, if it looks too good to be true, usually is. Yep. You know, you get what you pay for, standard thing. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing, the other thing actually, now that now I think about it, um, if a company in Dubai charges you separately for gas... Um, so the gas that you, you use for your AC, so when they're, um, they're doing oh, yeah. the AC and yeah. they use the gas that way, um, most of the companies are charging people by, by the kilo of the gas that they've used. That's the, the standard measurement that they use. The thing is, there's no equipment in Dubai that can measure a kilo of gas. gas. How does that even so, work? So it's just literally the guy decides what he's going to write down <laughs> to you and he will charge you that much. He has no way of measuring how much gas he has physically used. Wow, that's crazy, yeah. isn't Apart it? from literally holding on to the bottle and giving it a wiggle and going, oh, I wonder how much that was. Yeah, exactly. It's just unbelievable. And then we start looking at the, some of the things that, that are included in these, these contracts. It's, uh, we'll come and uh, wash down your driveway once a week. So a guy comes out, grabs your car, chop our wash, and literally sprays down your driveway. He's just... just with really, your water. <laughs> with your own water. It's wasted water. Uh, waste, not environmentally waste, friendly. It's wasted water. It dries out within half an hour, and it looks exactly the same as it did before. And so I don't need that service. Why are you charging me for that? Yeah, it's not. Absolutely hopeless. So basically, read the small print. Read, uh, to look into uh, what you're doing. Read, read the small print, make sure you understand the contract, ask lots of questions, make sure the company's got a good track record. Um, I mean, the other thing which, which we haven't mentioned is most companies are charging for 12 months up front. Yeah. So you, you're paying them one check. If, if they don't make it through that cycle, it's not like like a rent check where you've got a problem with a tenant. After a few months, you can uh, you can move them on. Mm-hmm. You're paying that whole amount up front. If yeah. they disappear after six months, you've lost all your money. Yeah, and it's all down to customer. It comes back again to customer, good customer service. Absolutely. Isn't agree. it? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. What, what we found with the the maintenance contract industry is people are just hoping to get one contract out of a customer, and then yeah. when they leave at the end of twelve months, doesn't matter. We'll we'll go and find another customer. So, surely it's better to give good service and retain that customer. And each year you do a renewal. And, yeah. You know, the customer stays with it for years, but people don't seem interested. They just want the the one payment. And uh, word of mouth is a very very strong thing. And <laughs> recommendations, which is always a good thing. Oh, Sound like an elephant going down so the corridor. Balloons again. I know it's. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, when we come back, we have got um, a question, to, a couple of questions to go through from uh, last week. So we'll follow up on those and uh, uh, talking about hammers. That's a bit weird one. Uh, we'll get into that. Don't forget I like if hammers. you hammers. <laughs> I don't want to go there, Colin. Really, I don't. Um, if you've got any questions, 423-1010, or you can SMS us 4001, or use the Dubai iFree app. It's the DIY hour on Nightline Dubai i103.8. And uh, last week we were talking about fly screens and how to keep the animals and the cats away from uh, the fly screen. So we had a text in from Anne saying, I'm not sure how good this one would be, put double-sided tape on the fly screen or anything sticky as the cats don't like it. But then you can have flies and bugs and everything else stuck to it. No, that's two in one, then, isn't it? Because you get those um, the sticky tape things for getting the flies. flies, the fly tape, yeah. And then there you go, you've got two things in one. This is multitasking, isn't it, Dan? Those were gross. Those things used to hang from the ceiling. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Oh, catch flies. My grandma used to have them. I wonder whether you can still get them in Dubai. Probably. I would have thought. Let so. us know in if the... you know where we can get them from, because I'm kind of interested now. I wonder whether you could put some in the warehouse and see what happens next. I don't like sticky stuff in the warehouse. I've just thrown out them cockroach traps. Oh, have you? Oh. You know, people use these sticky cockroach yeah. traps. They put them around the warehouse to catch cockroaches. Well, unfortunately, in my wife's company in Jebel Alley, last year, one of those traps caught a, um, a snowy owl. 
massive, oh, no. beautiful bird. So they came in in the morning, and this gigantic owl had got one of its wings stuck on one of those sticky pads. So they had to, to take care of it, take it to a vet, and, and get it treated. It was in for a couple of weeks. So since then, I said, no more sticky pads. Oh, the, the owl's okay, though. The owl's fine. They released oh, it after good. a few weeks. But We've got a sealed warehouse. How are you going to get a snowy owl in our warehouse? Yeah, they get through small holes. Small holes? What? <laughs> nail-sized holes? They're big birds, we, owls. We used to have a fan up on the wall in the warehouse but we were practicing softball and we we knocked it oh, out yeah. so we ended up with a big hole in the wall oh dear yeah, we filled that though softball in filled. the warehouse yeah. <laughs> all perfectly normal now oh, come on we're back, we're back to the question so we we're not too uh, we're not too keen on the fly screen sticky idea tape. no on fly screen but Dan, Dan had a good idea on that though because um, you were saying acetate yeah we've uh, we, in the past we had customers used to go to Satwa to uh, to cap proof their fly screens you mm. can buy a sheet of acetate obviously measure the, the size you need and the height that the cats normally stay start clawing your fly screens and you can put acetate sheets on the inside as long as it's high enough the cats can't get their claws into the fly screen they're just obviously onto a hard plastic you can get see-through so yeah. it doesn't look too bad you just need it high enough so they can't uh, they can't get started with their climb that's a good idea yeah, i like well, it's that well, it's cheap enough you can measure up and go down to satsapur and get a glass shop to cut your piece of acetate and cost you less than 100 dirhams and stick it in your fly screen nice. door yeah. good excellent and uh, Anne all has a, also has a question basically saying um uh what do i need to do to have a company plum in a dishwasher by removing a cupboard in my kitchen. I've contacted a few, but they cannot do both the plumbing and the carpentry at the same time. And I'm guessing that probably goes for the electrics at the same time as well. Yeah. Um, so the basic requirements to be able to to do that job are, are kind of simple, but they're, they're not that easy when you put them all together. Mm. So the first thing is, the width of a dishwasher is normally 60 centimetres. So you need to measure both the width and the height of a dishwasher. Now, in the scenario where you haven't actually bought the dishwasher yet, then um, you could also just measure your washing machine, assuming that it's a standard size, size yeah. washing machine, not one of these crazy 10 kilo numbers. So it should be 60 centimetres width, and then... Um, uh, Height-wise, again, pretty standard and exactly the same as a uh, as a washing machine should. So that's the physical fit. Will it physically fit in the space that I've got available? And the next thing you need is power, mm. which sounds logical. However, if you imagine below the height of a worktop, um, if you don't have um, a location that is there for, say, um, a provision already for a, a, a dishwasher, it's just um, the cupboard has been put there instead, which lots yeah. of places in Dubai have. With that power, you're absolutely fine. If you need to get power from another location, for instance, split from the cooker, for instance, a mm. cooker supply, it all gets a little bit more complex and it needs to be done very safely because then you're splitting power um, and if you don't do that correctly, you can end up with an electrical fire. So you need somebody who's capable of doing that. And you might need to go through a marble worktop. Marble worktop. Um, if you're taking power from above the marble worktop, you've got to oh, go Oh, if you're go going above, it. yeah, but... Uh, you, you, you're really clutching at straws if you go in that room. And I would think. you put an extra power socket in, or like some, or like the, some of the washing machine things where you have a hardwired yes. line in? So hardwired is always preferred because it basically means that there is uh, less resistance um, than if you had a, a socket. So from an electrical standpoint, the hard wires are really good. Okay. okay? So yes, you would go behind um, that dishwasher. You would try and create either a plug socket if you had to, uh, or alternative a direct connection which is um, exactly the same as that so that's that bit the next thing is water supply 
So again, below the height of that uh, worktop, you need to find a water supply. Normally, you can just use the cold tap that's coming off the sink um, and use a very simple T-piece um, that you would fit on that with another, uh, we call it an angle valve, but you know those little silver tap things? Yeah, yeah. Right, one of those. Okay. Um, and um, you can literally just flexible pipe it, or anyone who knows what they're doing can flexible pipe it to the location that you need. So normally that one's kind of easier. The final one, which can be a real pain, is waste. Yeah. So, um, there's two possibilities on that one. If you have got a double sink which has got um, an additional um, nipple that is there just to uh, for this need, then it's really easy. Okay. Um, for instance, places in the springs traditionally have those. If you still have a silver waste, those people who are in the springs, that's the original, great bit of kit, and uh, that normally will have one. Um, if that's not there, then you need a very clever plumber to actually create this big kind of U-shaped contraption that you can put both waistlines down without it backing up. But again, you need somebody who, who knows what they're doing on that. It all sounds very, very complicated. Well, it, it isn't, It isn't. but it is. It's just yeah. kind of, it's tying all of that together. together. And I think the question that came in said, well, I've got somebody who could do bits of it, but can't do all of it. Yeah, pretty right. much. Well, we've been going for 10 years. Um, our guys are electrical, electrically certified, um, and we have a whole bunch of guys who've done that job numerous times, but normally the issue is the space. Okay. Well, what, what, uh, one other thing to consider is if it's a cupboard that's close to the sink so you've got your your waste your power your, your water and in, in close by location it, it's fine but if yeah, customers will send us a diagram and say on the entrance of the kitchen here i've got a spare cupboard just the side of the doorway here my sink sinks over in the far corner well you've got to do a, a drainage waste pipe water runs downhill and you're going to try and take it all the way around the kitchen through ah, the cupboards not good, is it? and try and get the waste away it's got to be somewhere close by your existing waste water and, and power Okay. The other classic, and actually this is one, I don't know whether yours is like this, but Mira is, has a well-known issue whereby they located the dishwasher, or where the dishwasher would go, um, at kind of 90 degrees to the cooker. So you can choose one to open, but both won't open at the same time, unless you have this ridiculous angle on it. Is yours like that? No, mine are opposite. Oh, but when we, when we moved, posh one. When we, <laughs> when we moved in... Um, where the dishwasher is supposed to go, they'd put a, a like a tile step across the bottom. So for about 800 villas in, in our community, they had to come around to every single one and chip out the tile just to install the, the dishwasher. But to be to be fair to uh, email, they offered that service free of charge, which I thought was great. That's not bad. Um, so is it? yeah, you had the option to do it, and they came yeah. around really quick. My mother-in-law, we we got her a place in there, and um, uh, what was it? It's about um, I don't know five days, I think it was. it was. It was pretty decent. Was it the same for you? They've been fantastic. Email have been very good. A little niggles in the community. They've come around and fixed. All there's a known issue with sand coming under the, under the front door, so they've gone around to, and offered to every villa in the community to replace the the front step as you come inside to stop stop the sand coming in. They've been very pro, proactive. Not bad at all. I can't believe these sections are going so quickly tonight. Where's the time going? Don't I get to it's talk crazy. about hammers yet? Go on then, quickly. Or do you want to save it? Up to you. I'll work with you. Do you want to save it? Um, We'll save it. We'll come back to hammers very, very quickly. Are you rolling your eyes at me now? I can't believe I've been chopped out of hammers three weeks running. And we'll do it next. I promise you. I promise you. We will get on to hammers and also water tanks as well. It is Dubai I 103.8. Colin, sorry, I'm going to put your hammer back again. Unbelievable. <laughs> because Shorts in my contract. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We will get to it, maybe. <clears throat> um, we do have a question in, though. Quite an interesting one for you guys. Uh, basically says, I've got a new villa handed over in July. 
July 2017. The motor pump stopped working, called the developer. They said defect liability period is over as it's calculated from the completion date, not the handover date. Called the pump company since I found a two-year warranty certificate in the handover file. The pump company said we have warranty to the contracting company. You should contact them and they'll fix it. In the meantime, I've got no water in the house. Please tell me what I can do other than giving up the chase and paying a maintenance company to come and fix it. Well, that's not very nice, really, is it? No. Um, It's a standard thing, unfortunately, this whole um, concept of uh, when a warranty starts and um, it seems like in a lot of um, a lot of the location they state that that is a completion date rather than handover um, not something I think on the whole that I'm, I'm hugely comfortable about mm. but let, let's maybe deal on a bit more of a, a practical level with this um, I I know that the um, the, the person who's messaged us is uh, is desperate to get water what, what he's kind of rightly deserves but then the practical side of it is what he actually needs at the bottom uh, the bottom line is he needs water yeah okay so there's kind of a start point of this which is uh, the pump itself and the practical side of what's wrong with that pump a mm. um, couple of different scenarios to work out okay is this an expensive problem and in which case do I spend more time chasing about it or not first of all uh, whether or not he's got any noise out of his pump whatsoever mm-hmm. generally speaking if you've got a little humming noise coming out of it. it's like coming out of it like that it's it means it's just a capacitor okay now that capacitor is not expensive um it, it's not the kind of item that um uh, the, the general public would be able to replace um but it's a five minute job okay. it's not difficult to do the other thing is most pumps that are available here in dubai as long as they're they're from a reputable brand uh, should last five years so the fact that two years in, and also it's two years from um, uh, from completion, in effect, plus maybe a little bit, um, it, it doesn't sound like it really should be causing uh, that kind of problem. Now, if it is screeching, if it got a screeching noise before it failed, that's more likely bearings. And if the bearings have gone, generally speaking, it's quite a difficult to, uh, to repair. You can repair it, but they're pretty unreliable. So that point you normally scrap the pump um now uh the, the the kind of issue at the end of the day is how much of your time are you willing to invest in this and how do you price your time yeah um and really time and time again we come across these situations which they're not right and you should be able to claim and get it sorted but practically speaking you're just not going to get there well it's it's a it's a brand new handover so technically the thing hasn't been used it could be faulty from factory you never know do you well uh, he doesn't actually mention in the message whether or not it's worked at any time in the property but that would yeah. be quite interesting to know and um, because at that stage you've got a much stronger case to be uh, talking with the developer again mm-hmm. what um, about that electrical supply to the pump even. Yeah, that's a great one, Dan, without a doubt. So from the isolator, uh, which is normally on the wall, that's the one, uh, the box with the big lever on it that you'd normally find in a pump room. Sometimes it's a big switch, um, but uh, yeah, very good uh, very good point there. So are there any lights um, uh, around the pump itself? Some of them don't have lights, to be fair, but some of them do, so that, that would be an indication of that. And again, uh, any noise coming out of the pump, you can be pretty confident that the electrics are, are on. So that's one of those where you just need a lot more information to be able to 
uh, to give a, an accurate diagnosis. Uh, people often send us um, videos um, by email, <laughs> and um, you know, and I've, I've diagnosed a few over the phone before now. And um, you know, it's it's kind of over the years you just get to uh, almost like a sixth sense on pumps and um, and what they're doing. Um, but yeah, it's a real um, a really um, difficult What's one in this situation on? just from a warranty perspective well, so I, think I feel for you i think your point's a very good one which is if you're going to be chasing around for a developer for a couple of you know, a couple of weeks and have yeah. no water and be bathing at your neighbors it's going to cost you a couple of thousand dirhams to, to get it fixed and then you know, do it with a reputable company get a proper warranty on your replacement pump maybe it's just better to get it replaced yeah very possibly that's still a worst case scenario a couple of thousand you know if it's yeah. um uh, you've got a pump and a pressure kit two parts that's the cost of the whole lot uh, for a, for a top-notch bit of kit so there's a good chance it will, it will be significantly less than that okay that's that one but if you want to come back with it to us with any more information that can maybe help on that uh that might be a good thing so uh come on colin let's talk about your hammers what, M- MC <laughs> Hammer can't touch this oh I just have if I had a hammer going around in my head and I have no idea why so uh, the hammer choice at Ace is crazy how do you pick one well see this is a question that came in about a month ago and I was so primed I've been primed every week with James and then James went on the holiday and we were lucky enough that you came along James loves talking and, uh, about tools yeah he does love talking about tools which is great because so do I but then it got bumped and bumped and bumped and then it got bumped again last week so hammers okay, okay. Go for it. So, my dad has had the same hammer since before I was born. Wow. Okay? And it's um, it's uh, a, like a wooden handle, but this thing, it's like an heirloom. And you know this thing's going to be here in 100 years' time. Mm. Absolutely amazing bit of kit. So, when we set up, um, uh, well, back in the day, um, it was Jim will fix it. The, um, the situation was, I was like, I'll get just the same as my dad's hammer so um i bought this the same brand without a doubt and they all broke inside six months and i was like how did that actually happen are they just not making them like they used to exactly okay so then this became a little bit of a bugbear so what hammers should we have and um basically i test everything and we'd um i'd find the heaviest handed technician that we had at the company and i go go on then break that i dare you see if you can break this one and time and time again it happened you know we used the composite ones they have now plastic handle yeah. ones that, that are available as well in the end it was there's quite a resounding winner nobody has ever been able to break a full one piece forged hammer Mm -hmm. And they're not even that expensive. We're talking under 100 dirhams here. Um, But they're just fantastic. You know, people talk about specialist hammers and, um, you know, uh, various different ones for different uses. You don't need it. Um, If you just have a standard medium-sized claw hammer, it will work a treat. So um, that is my recommendation without a doubt. (laughs) One piece. One piece. One piece claw hammer, medium size. Are you happy now? Got that out. Honestly, I feel so much better. I feel as though I can have a really good week now. I've got that out. Thank you. I never thought about it. The hammers are just like, it's just a hammer. It's just something you get and you whack things with. No. I've, I've got the one in the Ikea kit. I knew you were going to bring up the Ikea kit. I, I hate I the Ikea, IKEA kit. I, I have too. It's not right. <laughs> it's so good. Every oh, home should have damn. one. No, man. No, no, no. Dear, oh so dear. no, don't like the Ikea hammer? Well, it's, we've got a bit of a role reversal because in, in my house, I do the cooking and my wife does the DIY. Yeah, it's probably the same in mine as well, to be honest with you. <laughs> So she loves our IKEA kit, but anything more complicated, we get the boys to come round now. 
<laughs> Not bad. And uh, the adjustable wrench is another tool that you want to talk about. Well, the thing is, an adjustable wrench, it turns out when I was doing a bit of research for this, I've always kind of um, called an adjustable wrench like a monkey, a monkey wrench. Mm. Um, however, it turns out a monkey wrench is something completely different. So I'm talking about the one which is like a, like a crocodile. It looks like yeah, a crocodile. Yeah, yeah, you know okay. that one? Um, and actually, that one, I think, officially is called an adjustable joint plier. But you didn't know that, did you? I didn't. <laughs> I have no idea what any of it is anyway. <laughs> well, the thing is, they come in lots of different quality levels. And the ones that are available in Dubai are, apart from the really expensive ones, are utter rubbish. They're mm. really, really bad. And the problem is, when you need them the most, that's when the tool fails, when yeah. you're really having to give it some... So um, I actually had, I must admit, I bought some garbage crocodile pliers. They were terrible. And I've kept them. I kept them, actually. Do you remember I brought them in to show James just how bad these were? Yep. Were you impressed, Dan? Were you impressed by my, <laughs> how useless like? I've known you a long time. <laughs> he's used to me now, I think. I think he's used to me. But James was just in awe. I could tell. He was, I think that my social standing went up thanks to that. Oops. So, the point I'm making is, some tools you can actually scrimp on, yeah. and you don't have to spend too much on. But, when you really need a tool, it, there's nothing worse than it failing on you. So, certainly, for these, they're absolutely amazing, because they come in, you know, you can use them in so many different sizes for whatever it is that you need to be doing. But, do not buy the cheap and nasty adjustable wrenches. Things. I saw, had some terrible pliers. You go to use them and all the threads go in them, so they've got no grip anymore. It's yeah. like, well, that's useless now, isn't it? But, you know, you can actually buy sets of pliers here for like six dirhams. That's not bad, is it? No, that's the rubbish ones. Oh, is it? That's the ones that strip oh. really badly. So, you know, if you get in the kind of the 20 to 25 dirham range, then you can get some really good ones if you know what you're looking at. But it's but, hard to um, find just a, a general uh, kind of uh, relatively priced all-round toolkit. You're getting into this now, aren't you? Yeah, I've I've just, I have several at home. Her. Some are good and some are not so good. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Um, you know, trying to find um, the right gear and um, the fact that you, there is a lot of rubbish out there yeah. um, makes it quite difficult. But um, again, lots of people buy the gear and then just don't use it. And that's normally when we get the phone call done, isn't it? But lots of people travel to Dubai and they don't bring their tools with them because it's, yeah. it's heavy. It costs a lot of money to ship stuff over. So lots of people say, I could do this work if I was back home, but yeah. I've got my gear with me. So that's, that's one we get the call but it's always worth investing in something then you've yeah. got it and uh, if it's a little job you can do it do it at home why not yes absolutely and uh, like I say role reversal hubby does a cooking and I'll just get the toolkit out it's all there good yay um, but when we come back you want, we'll get, are we going to get into water tanks when let's we come do back? water tanks today and then we'll leave the project to next week I think that's fine you guys can stay on for a little bit tonight okay. if you want to that's wow. fine James isn't here I'm making the decisions it's all fine this is wild it's and crazy good. we're shooting <laughs> from the hip we're going out of the box we are Colin and Dan from We Will Fix It in the studio with me and right now we're talking about water tanks I'm sure we've all had the cleaning the water tanks, you go away for a bit, you come back, you run your taps, it's all brown and horrible and chemically smells. So what's going on with the water tanks? We've had quite a few inquiries this week about getting water tanks cleaned, how often it should be done, how long it's going to take, what is the process? So I thought it might be worth touching on it for, for a moment. So mm. as um, as the weather gets warmer, as we're moving through into into summer, your water gets hotter. I tell you, if it's your first summer in Dubai, don't expect to get a nice cold shower in the middle of June, July and August because you turn on the cold tap and you you get boiling water out of it so that's we, we actually get that phone call quite a lot from the guys who've been here this is the first year 
Oh yeah, it's the middle of July. My cold water is hot. You must come now. Yeah. And then you have to. It's difficult that conversation actually because you know everybody who's been here for a while knows this is the case. Yeah. But when you're new, you wouldn't even think about it. No. And then the if cold come water cold, cold comes climate. out your hot tap because your hot tap <laughs> exactly. hot ta- water tanks inside. It's great. So just just the opposites. But that's the uh, that's <laughs> like the genius moment, isn't it? When you you're like, oh, so I can reverse now. It's reverse yeah. time. So, and then when you come out the other side in uh, you know September October you're finally at that stage of oh summer's over we're back to the hot being hot yeah I'm it's actually gutted that I don't have that anymore because being in an apartment building, uh, the cold okay. water tanks are, are underground, uh, are, are inside, and the hot water tanks are inside. So it's still. So I kind of wish it was the other way around. So I'd save on the heating the water in the summer. Okay. Ah, and what? So yours comes out totally cold. I get yeah. what you're saying, but normally they would then have uh, you'd have a main storage tank in your basement, yeah, which they would then be pumping up high to uh, before it comes down. It still to comes you out again. cold during the summer. Does in the it? cold one, yeah. Wow, well, that's good. Interesting. Oh, so it must be a villa thing then, on the whole. Hmm. Yeah, it I think still so. happens. Hey, that's interesting. Thinking about <laughs> it though, because um, you know um, any of the places like uh, oh the springs or again um, Arabian ranches, Al Reams that have underwater uh, tanks, they're all red hot, aren't they? Mm. Absolutely. I guess that's not enough insulation. Maybe that must be it. Okay, sorry, Dan. I'll stop you mid. Sorry. So we were we were discussing as as the water heats up, it encourages bacterial growth. So you need to be thinking about as it's uh, as the water's getting warmer. How long has it been since your water tank has been cleaned? If you've just moved into a property, has it ever been cleaned? Um, so some of the issues that we 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 find. Um, it's strange with water tanks; they have to be sealed very well because small things do get into water tanks. And don't want to scare people too much, but we see all sorts of nasties. You lift up the <laughs> lift up the cover, and cockroaches tend to come running from from inside. They get into every little nook and cranny. We've seen birds, we've seen rats in in tanks before. Lovely. Um, one of the really common ones in new communities is construction waste because quite often the water tank will have been left open whilst there's a lot of construction going on, and maybe the guys are feeling a bit lazy. They just push any leftover waste into the bottom of the tank and then they fill up the tank and you're you're bathing in uh, in concrete dust so that's one to, <laughs> to look out for lovely so most people in, in dubai aren't drinking their their tap water but you are bathing in it and you know washing your knives and forks and cutlery and and your children's clothes and bathing your children in it um and the one that scared my wife was when we took the, the lid off the tank and it was all brown full of sand and she said mm. oh my goodness we're making ice cubes out of that so every time you want a, a cold beverage we're filling up from the from the tap Fill up the ice cube maker, and we're basically drinking water that's full of sand. However, a lot of people do put the water filters on the tap and drink it like filtered water. That a lot of people are doing that. Good thing, so bad it, thing. Well, um, so the filters that you're talking about, I think, are the ones that basically screw on to replace the little end cap filters that you have in taps. Mm. Is it those you're thinking of? Uh, some, well, some of them actually, like the, take the filter. Yeah, the pro- the proper okay. water filter. So it's filtering okay. the. Yeah. So a proper water filter uh, normally would have um, like a, a plastic um, filter part one. So normally. Mm proper filter would be like a three-stage process minimum so the first one would be just a, a five micron filter which is five dirhams from any local shop yeah um, second one normally you do a second five micron and then you'd have a, a carbon one micron filter that would be there now that will work for um, certain things mm-hmm. however if you have 
bacterial contamination, bacteria is really small. And no, it's, gonna, it's not, not going to fix that, that whatsoever um, unless you have either a UV process, um, so uh, it, it's running through UV, uh, or alternatively reverse osmosis, um, both of which actually I have as a bit little bit pet project, but most people wouldn't, and I understand that. So... We used to run off well water in the UK, so we had that. My goodness, that's good going. <laughs> yes, exactly. Actually, you would. That's the reason why you would um, you would normally do those processes. Yeah. Um, but yes, everybody thinks if I put this little filter on the end of my tap, um, everything's going to be okay. Maybe not. Um, but no, that isn't the case. You need to still clean your water tank, and that's where the uh, the root of all the evil comes from. So Dubai Municipality and um, Abu Dhabi authorities recommend you have your water tank cleaned every six months. Um, yep, my, my last place, my landlord never sent anybody around to clean it so it went a couple of years and then it was an outdoor tank and you unscrew the lid and look inside and go oh my goodness we've been bathing in this water so it's one of those things that's out of sight out of mind mm. a lot of people your water tanks underneath where you park your car so you don't even think about it in some of the properties you'll see the water tank there but you, you just don't imagine what's inside so you need to get it looked at here's a little project for everybody in dubai grab a torch and um, even if it's during the day because it's quite dark inside your tank grab a torch open the top of your tank and actually look at it. I think you might find a lot of horrified people there, Colin. I, th- I think you absolutely <laughs> would. But then, you know, a lot of people here, it's, uh, we're in Dubai, we're in a family place, and um, a lot of the uh, uh, the issue, and those people who are most susceptible are the young or the infirmed yeah. from, the, uh, from, from that perspective as well. Um, so I, I'm challenging everybody. Go, go open that um, uh, that lid on your tank and actually look. It, and it's not just, I mean, Dan, Dan spoke about bathing, but it's not just bathing. It's also what you're washing your clothes in. Yeah. Um, and that rinse cycle that's there, your dishwasher. There's yeah. a rinse cycle that happens on that as well. So it's not just when the detergent's there, it won't it won't solve your issues. So it is, it's it's really significant. Even though you, you're probably not drinking it, um, the issue is is really significant. And, um, you know, when you actually um, look at it, I, I just went through, um, we have a, a particular, we call them data sheets, but basically it's the step-by-step process of how you actually um, sort out um, any issues. And ours is currently 26 steps that we go through um, to clean a water tank as per the directions and approval of Dubai Municipality. Wow. Um, this isn't a case of um, a little bit of washing up liquid, uh, drain it, washing up liquid and refill as many companies that are not approved. Um, there are companies out there also that are um, trying to do the sterilisation process with chemicals that they're not particularly uh, up to date with and Dubai Municipality basically gives us the option of one chemical, that's it, that uh, you're allowed to use to do the job effectively and safely and it must be done by people who are accredited because with uh, the water thing the one thing I always found here is sometimes I I will fill my kettle every now and again with tap water for tea or I used to but you get some if you don't run the tap you get this chemically backwash taste you know which is which is stop using the tap water for drinking because it's not like nice go for the bottled water but yeah so you always kind of get that chemical that you Taste can't quite put your finger no. on, can you? Yeah. I don't I know, know what, what it is. It's not good. But I wanted to ask you guys about the hot water tanks as well, because we, we always seem to have brown water coming out the hot water tanks. I'm assuming that's probably rust in those ones. Can be rust. It can be uh, sand that's become like a sediment in the bottom of uh, the of the water heater. Um, obviously, if you're not having your, your external tank cleaned regularly and that sand is eventually working its way through your plumbing and getting stuck in the bottom of, it, of each of your water heaters, mm. so that can be an issue. Uh, rust, if the 
Not, not so much because most of the water eaters are glass lined and the metal's okay. on the outside of the... That's, that's also an indication that they are literally right on the end of uh, end stages of failing. Oh, no. Um, because if it's got through mm. down the... You mentioned about them being glass lined. Uh, if the glass has failed for whatever reason um, and uh, the water so is getting out of the glass but it isn't yet out of the... Um, uh, out of the metal exterior, sure. then the next stage is through your ceiling. Oh, great! So uh, uh, yeah. I, I once saw a guy from my previous community, which will remain nameless. They uh, they <laughs> sent around their own guys to come and clean the the water tanks, and I saw this guy climbing into water tanks, stripped down to his underpants, and climbed into water tank waist deep with a broomstick, and he was walking up and down. This tank just <laughs> sweeping in his undies. That's horrific. I was like, oh my goodness, he's then going to refill the, the tank and people are going to be bathing in the same water. That's, that's so, mo- Moral of the story, if you're going to get it done, get it done properly yeah. by a municipality approved a contractor. Don't just think people are going to empty the water, give it a quick rinse and it's clean. It needs to be done properly. It, oh. It's a safety issue. Okay, fantastic. Just because I can, I've decided to keep Colin and Dan from We Will Fix It uh, for another segment on the show because we didn't get round to your breeze block bench your little pet project this week and I wanted to talk about this because it looks really cool okay good stuff we were uh, we did a fairly complicated uh, DIY project a few weeks ago to, which involved quite a bit of carpentry so we thought we'd mm. keep it really simple this week so we looked around and I found the the cinder block or breeze block bench which is something that's very easy um, in the UK we call these breeze blocks in the US and the Canada I believe they're known as cinder blocks so you, your standard big grey block with holes yeah. in that, that are used in a lot of construction in Dubai. So this bench is it's almost like something you can build out of recycled materials. If you find, find these you know, old breeze blocks lying around and some uh, and some long lengths of wood, you can make this out of recycled material. So it's a very simple DIY project to create a practical bench for your garden or outdoor area. The only materials required for this are 14 breeze blocks, which you can get in Alcoz, very cheap, 10-15 dirhams a piece. Must have the holes in. Don't get solid ones, otherwise we've ruined <laughs> <laughs> Colin's right, there are some breeze blocks that just have holes in one side, but the holes yeah. don't go all the way through. You have, the holes have got to go all the way through. You're going to need six 4x4 four four posts, so 4 inch by 4 inch, and the length of those uh, those posts you're going to use, that's where you're going to sit on for your bench. So look at your outdoor area where your bench is going to be, make sure that you get, get lengths that are going to fit in the, in the area. If you're just going to be on your balcony, make sure it fits. You also need to make sure that they're straight. You'd be amazed how many 4x4s, four and you actually look down it, put your eye on one end, look down the length no and then you. oh they're like boomerangs half of them <laughs> so uh, yeah straight ones we need please no uh, no boomerangs and you're going to need a construction adhesive or a, a cement basically with something to hold your breeze blocks together and then some cushions and pillows to, to decorate afterwards that's all we need four very uh, very simple ingredients for this one so how to build first of all we put two cinder blocks next to each other lengthways with the holes on the top and the bottom mm-hmm. and then we do a second layer and we use construction adhesive or or cement to, to stick them together. We're building the sides, by the way, people. Building the sides, yep. So start with one side, then we replicate on the other side. So two cinder blocks next to each other lengthways, a second layer on top, held together with uh, with cement. Actually, this is construction glue. We had this argument this week, actually, about which would be better for this. And uh, for me, it's cement all the way, because that's what we always used. And then we went and on YouTube and we looked at the video. And actually, on the build sheet, we've included that YouTube video, because okay. to be fair, I think the guy explains it miles better than we're ever going to do. <laughs> Don't you reckon? I agree. Right. And he used, basically, construction adhesive. Now, construction adhesive basically is just like glue that's in um, one of those the big, tubes. long tubes 
tubes. Like yeah. you would get the like silicon, silicon like stuff. You, and you use one of the silicon gun uh, things to kind of push it out. But don't use silicon, whatever you do. It's way too thin for this, so you need construction glue, which is widely available here. Um, a Speedex, most of SATs where you can get it. Because I was going to say, not everyone is, uh, you know, has the facilities or the capabilities to make cement. To make cement, and it's messy. Exactly. But I'm sure oh Ace, Ace Harbour. Ace, what have people been doing with their lives? Over there. It's supposed to be an easy build. <laughs> so we've put the second layer on top of the first layer. So you've got one, two, three, four blocks, and then make sure you use plenty of the construction adhesive for the next two steps, and give it time to set in yeah. between. So you've got. A, basically two rows of four on top of each other and that's on each side and then we add a fourth layer which is just an upright block on each side so the block is standing up with the holes pointing in towards the middle um, to make your backrest and again this needs needs sticking and, and left to dry because that's where you're going to be leaning back against and it has to be this is where you want loads of construction glue or cement or whatever it is you're going to use because you're going to be leaning back against it mm. and uh, quite a small little surface area there and you really do not want to go um, backwards, backwards in backwards. that situation yeah. Yeah. so if you're looking at the at the side profile it would look like an L shape basically yeah. so we've got an L shape on each side and then this is where your 4 by fours come in so you're going to slide them in through the holes in the breeze blocks obviously you need to measure up your breeze blocks to make sure that they're facing each other so your your holes aren't at an angle and you slide your four by fours through the holes and then cushions and pillows and candles to decorate afterwards and it actually looks really good I, th I think it's a it's a nice little project it does it is a good project and now a couple of construction sites with lots of breeze blocks lying around there you go. abandoned your... construction sites <laughs> i hasten to add where, where are we going with this get your materials for free. make sure that you find out who the owner of the blocks are before you borrow, borrow them. them. Yes. The guy, them. the guy in the video is building, uh, he's building his bench outside of his cabin by a lake in Canada, by the looks of it, because he keeps saying a boot. Oh, they're a boot, <laughs> a are boot. they? Oh, yes. well, if that's the case. <laughs> nice and easy project. Very, you know, very simple materials. Very cheap if you're going to pay for the materials, Anna. Okay, thank you. <laughs> So you can stop it now. I was got one thing I was going to ask you with this. You know, you were saying it was it's an L shape, so the back of it is very very straight. Is there any way to put kind of a little bit of an incline? It's going it? to be tricky on this. I think you'd, you'd need to use your. I mean, it is a very simple shape. I think you need to use your pillows or an, you know, a, a, tr a triangular pillow would would give you a little bit of support. Saying that, it depends whether you're any good with an angle grinder. So an angle grinder with a cement wheel, and then uh, you'd also need, you'd only need actually one extra block where you create basic wedges that would go into, into that, that section mm -hmm. to be able to create the angle. You're very welcome, Dubai. There you go. It's good. It looks good. Why would you not make one of these for your for your terrace? My, my, your, your wife didn't indeed. think so, did she? No, Tina said, "Don't get any ideas. You're not having that in the garden." But I thought it looks really good. I think it looks really good as well. You could paint the blocks different colours. You could I, do something nice with them. I agree. I'd definitely have one in your back garden, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it looked look nice <laughs> next to your <laughs> container. <laughs> I love my container. Are you are you starting on my container? I haven't, I haven't seen what, it. My what, container pergola is fantastic. Would you have to um, for the for the um, the wood bits, would you have to varnish them or anything to make them smoother or sand the, them down? The, the guy in the video had chosen some wood that's, that's been stained and obviously treated to be to be weatherproof to be, to be outside. You could okay. you, you could do that yourself. It's it's not a not a difficult project. But I, I would try and choose a, a nice smooth wood. You might want to go down to Ace Harbour and get yourself something that's not going to splinter or not going to not going to hurt the kids. It looks like fun. Maybe you never know. Be a family project to get the yeah, kids involved in as well. I think everything that we've done has been a family project, Dan. And then we have one that required a saw or something. And we thought, oh, no, we won't be doing that with the kids. So um, that one we did suggest that an adult should assist with. And I just thought, let's hope 
that people can find the right length of wood so they don't actually have to cut it. Because if they do, then all of a sudden this family project is slightly less family orientated. Indeed. I like these though. Are we getting a bit lazy, too, too lazy in doing these kind of things by ourselves or having the inspiration to do them? Because you know what it's like here. You just phone someone else and get them to do it. Yeah, they phone us. That's what we're here for. <laughs> this is no, my but business. You, <laughs> what? No, but you know what I mean. Like, I know you exactly have your little what you pro- mean. <laughs> my word. I, I think we're, we're, we're losing these skills as, yeah, yeah. as time's gone on. I remember my, my granddad used to be a, a fanatical gardener back in the north of England. He built his own greenhouse, and this was, I mean, had 20 different types of vegetables growing in there. Built the thing with his own hands. I bet he liked hammers. He had a good selection of hammers. Um, I always remember because he used to get me to paint the thing once a year because he, he was too fat to get it on the back. So he used to hire some uh, some child labour to get me around the back of the, uh, around the, back yeah. of the glass. Where would we get that person these days, Tom? <laughs> One of, the, one of the girls from the office. Oh, well, the issue is I don't think we'd fit down the back these days. No, this is the direction right. where I was going in. But my point was we used to build things with our hands. Yeah. We, we don't do those sort of things anymore. No. Like our grandparents were always tinkering. Always tinkering, always making yeah, things. Survived, uh, yeah. Survived some harder times than we'll ever experience. So. You know what I meant, Colin, about your pet projects. I was like, it's nice to have something like this to do. Great. So can we do a container one next week then? <laughs> I've been trying you that since we started this three months ago. What, what was it last week? The, the catio that was basically a container that you shut that all your animals in. brilliantly. I honestly think that would work brilliantly. I couldn't work out. The only issue I had was getting it in the lift of the apartment building. But apart from that, it's genius. But saying that, my container went right the way through a garden gate. And it's a full-size 20-foot container. Wow, really? Yeah, took some brain power, that one. Three weeks of designing, two designers, no less. And uh, I think it was 16 guys in the end, and we made it. I tell you what, they're making some pretty decent miniature homes out of uh, containers these days. They certainly are. I've watched every YouTube video. They look good. I know. They look really good. Well, I've got a mother-in-law, and uh, bless her. Hi, Marilyn. Are you still up? Um, and uh, she's she's been threatened with it on numerous occasions, and then she said, "Well, actually, you know, I kind of I, I kind of like your your um, containers in your garden, and there's space for another one." And it was at that moment that I kind of backed off. You know, my garden. I was like, "No, we can't do that. We can't oh, do." When she misbehaves, you're going to put lock her away. You're <laughs> <laughs> suggesting that I don't already, Dan. <laughs> you never know. Oh dear, but it's good. They're stackable. You can do things with them. Have you seen the little uh, the the pod homes they're making out of the concrete tubes? That's brilliant, isn't it? It's yeah. great. So these are drainage tubes um, for those people who haven't seen them. So they're and they're roughly about oh about eight or nine feet in diameter, mm. um, and uh, it turns out that they are produced in massive quantities, uh, and because of they're they're kind of unwieldy um there's uh, quite a lot of instances where uh, these become surplus and they're just waste because what could you do with one of these well a very very clever gentleman came along and said i can create a micro home out of that you know a circle with a uh, an eight foot diameter and um it's incredible what he's managed to fit in there Um, and basically it's just multi-layering that's how he does it um and uh it's really impressive when you see it I think they're using them in uh, China and, and places like that where they've got uh, very little room for homes and they're all about the, the micropods and everything. And they're just stacking them, stacking them these rooms on top of one another. Brilliant. It is. It's absolutely genius. But I think we could be a lot more creative in terms of what we use for uh, for housing. Yeah. Um, and it's something I'd love to see more of. You know, IKEA are into all this now for um, third world disaster zones. That's brilliant. They're, uh, they're, I mean, oh, we 
We, Dan, you and your IKEA kit would have some use <laughs> over here. Mm. But they are at the forefront of the technology now um, in terms of uh, disaster relief. So when um, a large number of people are made homeless, uh, there is a project that um, has been running for a number of years uh, from IKEA uh, to create a very fast reactionary um, structure mm. um, that can be um, produced in the IKEA method, which is just millions of them very quickly, very cheaply. Flat-packed. Exactly. And mobile. Um, so uh, uh, an awesome project from the IKEA guys. Fantastic stuff. Are you, are you right over there? <laughs> I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, it's um, it's you know when you're in your forties. Oh dear, don't go there. Um, no, absolutely fantastic. I have a feeling we could have just talked about this for the rest of the show, to be brutally honest <laughs> with you. Containers and hammers, there's nothing uh, else in life. great, it's great. But thanks for sticking around and talking about the Breeze Block bench. It's a great idea. It's one that I might actually do myself. We'll, I had, we'll if put I had that, somewhere to put it. Put that on the Facebook page tomorrow, yes. if we haven't already done so. If anybody wants to try it, give it a go. Fantastic That's a great stuff. idea. And what's your Facebook name again? Just We Will Fix It. Yes, We Will, fi- at we will Fix It Dubai. Okay, there I you think. go. Fantastic. All right, Colin and Dan from We Will Think Fix It, thanks very much for coming in once again for the DIY hour. You'll have James back again with you next week. Oh, dear. <laughs> I hope it hasn't been too painful. But there we You've go. been great. Oh, thank you so Lovely much. Lovely to thank see you, you again after 11 years. <laughs> I know, how scary is that? Unbelievable. Ah, <laughs> oh, working on concerts back in the day. That is great.